If you are a dance teacher who feels like you can't dance like you used to, but you just chalk it up to being old, you have to listen in to today's episode. My guest is a functional dietitian who was also a studio dancer, college dancer, and cheered for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kelsey sat down with me to talk about improving your ability to sustain energy in long performances and competitions, and why we need more minerals in our diet. I seriously learned so much and I don't want to give it all away, but we need more minerals when we're stressed, which includes physical stress like exercise. So whether you're the dancer who's exercising, you are the teacher who is still very active or maybe just stressed for all the other life reasons, we have to listen in to what Kelsey has to share. She talked about her important advice around the dangers of coffee, but no, she doesn't just tell you to quit. I appreciated that, but there's so much more. So let's dive into today's episode with former professional dancer and functional dietitian, Kelsey Nicholson. Welcome to the Passion for Dance podcast. I'm Dr. Chelsea, a former professional dancer and dance team coach turned sports psychologist. This podcast focuses on four main pillars, motivation, resilience, mindset, and community. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies, mindsets, and tips to teach your dancers more than good technique. This is a podcast where we can all make a lasting impact and share our passion for dance. Let's do this. Hello, Kelsey. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. So happy to be here. Thank you. Will you tell us a little about yourself? Tell us about your dance journey. (laughs) Well, I have quite the journey. Um, I'm definitely multi-passionate, but my dance journey specifically started here in Kansas City. I danced at a studio called Starstruck, grew up dancing there for 10 years, went off to K-State, danced there for four years on their dance team, the Classy Cats, went to nationals, lots of bowl games, all really exciting, fun things. Um, And then when I came back, I cheered for the Chiefs for three years. Uh, Amongst all of that, I've done a number of choreography. I teach for another local studio called Fearless, um, doing all sorts of different types of dance to recreational, obviously dance, that's not what I meant, um, competition to recreate all of the things. So still keeping dance in my life um, one way or another, no matter what I'm doing. Oh yeah. I think that's what a lot of us do, right? Like dance is still here. It's still a big part of it. Um, And I love that you said multi-passionate. Will you share a little bit about that passion? And if you know, where does that passion come from? How is it still alive for you now as, you know, an adult who still, like you said, has to keep passion and for dance as part of your work? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, I don't know, I hate to sound cliche, maybe that it was something I was born with. (laughs) But as you were saying that, I was thinking back into like, okay, when was the first time I started becoming interested in so many different things? Um, Because even though dance was my main love and passion growing up, I still was very passionate while I was dancing about nutrition, about health, about how I could feel my best. How would I, how could I perform my best? So I think it started to develop at a young age. And then once I realized that that could also be a career, whether it was dance or becoming a dietitian, which is what I did, um, they blended so well because as a Enneagram three, if you will, very goal oriented, I was learning about tools that could help me meet those goals, could help me feel my best, could help me continue to progress. And so I dive, started to dive into more of that health and wellness side while I was still keeping on my love for dance as I grew older. 
Um, so I'm not totally sure if that answers your question yeah. exactly of like why I'm passionate. I think because I just like a lot of things, but they the things that I'm passionate about tie together in some way um, that I'm able to continue multiple things. Yeah, no, it does answer it. And I am fellow Enneagram three. I like that. <laughs> and I but I think you're right. Sometimes the passion it just has to evolve to look different or it combines with another passion um, to look like that. So um, did you, so part of that though, I think sometimes comes from feeling burnout in one place that then we're like, okay, I can't keep doing this the way I'm doing it. I need to do something else. And that's where either a, a second passion or a new evolution happens. Did you have that kind of burnout phase of your career through all the like college and pro and everything you've been through? Oh, for sure. Um, I definitely had burnouts, I think just throughout life that that's part of life is having different types of seasons, mm -hmm. um, and being able to adapt. I mean, obviously we all have had the craziest season in the last few years and we've all experienced burnout from the massive changes because there things were just accelerated in a way that none of us accept or expected in the last few years. Um, but in terms of dealing with that, it, that's again, where some of that passion for dance and passion for nutrition and health came hand in hand because I knew dance was something I've absolutely loved for forever. It's one of the only things that absolutely gives me fire, right? If you're like thinking about like when people say do something that like gets you excited in the morning, like mm -hmm. dance definitely does that. Um, but we're still human and we still have to take care of our body. We still have to be able to physically show up. And that nutrition and wellness side was what helped me be able to continue to do that as I grew older. You know, as I got to 25, 26, whatever it was when I was dancing and I was exhausted after games. And I was like, wait, that's weird because when I was 20, this never happened. Like I could uh, dance on no sleep and I could, you know, do whatever that we do in college and be fine. But in professional years, that's that wasn't so. Yeah. And so more like me getting nerdy, I legitimately had to learn how to take care of myself to not hit burnout. And then I became passionate with that word again, became passionate about helping other dancers learn that same um tactic, if you will, or same information about nutrition and health so that they didn't hit the same burnout that I did. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. So it came more in like the, like said, the later years of realizing, like, did you want to keep dancing? It was like, this is harder than it should be, or I need to change something in order to keep dancing. Yes, it was. I, I'll never forget coming out on the field when I was cheering for chiefs and there was a game after uh, intro, right when the game started, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through this game. Like, there's no way I'm physically going to be able to do this. I was so exhausted. And I, I think I was like, you know, again, 27, 28 at the time. So not old. And there were so many of my teammates just like bouncing up and down everywhere <laughs> with, like, with so much energy. And I'm like, there's really not much difference between you and me. But yet I feel so different. And because of that, I had to what we call retire um, mm -hmm. from NFL cheerleading. And I had plans to come back because you can do that if mm -hmm. you know assuming that life is still allowing. And it just I never got to a point where I felt I had the energy to do it. Like thinking about going through practice and games and being able to show up in the way that we're supposed to, there was no way. Um, and it definitely was from some of the mistakes that I had made before. Um, with my health and nutrition. Um, and again, I wanted to be able to help people not hit that same wall. And so the two passions were always there. I was studying to be a dietitian all through college. Um, I was in, you know, helping people with nutrition while I was on the team with chiefs, but there was a missing component that I was not aware of until I hit burnout myself. 
And this kind of segues into talking about functional nutrition, but that's what led me to that um, and really started to connect the passions in a really incredible way that actually made a huge difference, not only in my life, but then with clients and then hopefully future dancers or current dancers as well. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So there's that missing piece. And so let's dive into that a little bit. Explain functional dietitian specifically. Totally. It is more textbook definition, functional nutrition or functional being a functional dietitian. Our goal is to get to the root cause of what's going on. So not just a band-aid approach to what your symptoms or what you're feeling with your symptoms. So for example, very, very light example, um, you know, let's say you're experiencing some bloating. So you take Tom's every single day, um, or maybe you avoid gluten every single day, which maybe that was a bad example because there's some people who generally <laughs> cannot have gluten. But again, for sake of example, people will avoid or take some sort of medication to help with the symptoms. And that's great. Sometimes we need that because I don't want you to walk around feeling bloated all the time. But the problem is, is that it's going to come back if we don't figure out exactly what's going on. Tums can only work for so long. If gluten really isn't the root cause of why you're having this horrible bloating, it's going to come back over time. So the difference there is honestly digging a little bit deeper because I never want to speak negatively of other nutritionists or dietitians in the way that they practice. They may have found an incredible way for them to um, serve people. But I have found when I was practicing in the just more conventional way, I was one, as I mentioned before, I hit my own burnout. But then two, I wasn't getting anywhere with clients. It didn't feel like I was actually helping them into where we wanted to go. Um, it felt like we just kept hitting this wall. So that missing link was learning how to find that deep root cause approach. Okay. And is that a deep root cause? Is it in like the physiology and genetics or you mean even like does the psych part of it play into that? Could be. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the, uh, you know, interesting factor that there's rarely just one root cause and it's usually all connected. In a perfect world, we would love nutrition to be in a vacuum. We would love to say, you know, it's just that you need more magnesium or mm -hmm. it's just that you need more sleep. And in reality, it's all things tied together. But as you start to continue to dig, you'll get at least to the foundational point. Like, again, maybe it's stress that's the foundational deep root cause that is depleting your nutrients. And so then the nutrients that are depleted, these are the ones we're going to focus on to help you not feel so stressed. Um, and again, I'm probably going down some rabbit hole or people are like, you've lost me. Yeah. And no, I, 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 yeah, sounds good. Because <laughs> I definitely can get so nerdy because I get so passionate because um, it was kind of like the aha when I yeah. decided to go the functional nutrition route. Um, as I mentioned before, I, I just wasn't getting anywhere with my clients or myself. And now understanding what that means. And to answer your question, it mm -hmm. is on a physiological um, standpoint, but also mental. It's all tied together. But you can at least give clients a pretty clear, concrete answer mm -hmm. of saying, like, these are the reasons why you're feeling X, Y, Z. This is how this is the path we can go. Is it going to be a perfectly clear, easy path? No, it'll mm -hmm. take time. But at least you're not leading blindly. Um, where I felt like with the conventional, there was a lot of guessing. There wasn't a lot of testing. Um, and a kind of, you know, when we got to a dead end, you would just kind of get a diagnosis like IBS, mm -hmm. for example. And it would just be like, well, you know, you're kind of just stuck with that. So good luck. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah. And I think it's, I'm with you though. I feel like psych can be similar um, on the mental skill side where people are like, okay, I need more confidence. And they want like the one thing that I'm like, here, insert here and you will have more confidence. It's like, but there's actually, there's a lot probably wrapped up in that. Um, but so I was thinking now, if you go back to you as a chief's dancer, if you had a client who was that dancer that came out and said, I cannot get through this game. And those games are long and they're physically exhausting. So then yep. what's, what's the approach there? Like, how would you start to help that, that dancer? Yeah, that's a great question. Two things that I would focus on first, and I'm all about low hanging fruit, especially when we're first starting off, because when I'm dealing with somebody that's stressed and burned out, the last thing that they're going to be able to do is take on a really intense regimen or change or something that's unrealistic for their lifestyle. But the low hanging fruit is not only obviously easy, that's the reason for the term, easier, <laughs> I should say, but there are also things that honestly make a really big difference right away. So the two low hanging fruit to me is adding minerals. I'm obsessed with minerals. My friends know this about me. They make <laughs> jokes about it, which I love. I'm like, that's fine. I will absolutely be labeled as this um, lady that's obsessed with minerals. <laughs> um, and that's beyond Gatorade, beyond some of like, and again, not to knock on any brands, but I, it's not Gatorade. It's not IV liquid. It's not emergency. Um, it's very specific brands that have reputable sources and good quality minerals. Um, we don't have minerals as readily available in our foods as much as we used to. And we don't salt our foods with the correct salt anymore. Um, we don't, well, we just avoid it in general because of the fear of high blood pressure and heart disease, which is all fine. But when you're younger and you're active, you need those electrolytes so badly mm-hmm. to not only be healthy, but to literally get hydration, to literally get water into your cells. You need those electrolytes. You need those minerals. Okay. And we as women avoid a lot of the things that have that. Anyway, so I would recommend a mineral powder every single morning. And then if they have practice or they have a game, having that throughout practice and game, and then probably even after, if I'm thinking about like, okay, so today is August 23rd and and here in Kansas City, it is hot. Mm -hmm. Um, If the girls had a game this weekend, they would be sweating nonstop. And so they could probably have minerals all day, every day um, until leading up to that point to feel good. Yeah. The second thing I would say is adding more protein. Um, Carbs is a whole conversation that I love to have because I don't think women really get enough of that either. But protein is often overlooked and we typically don't get enough, um, whether it's because we're not eating meat or we're avoiding protein powders or whatever it is. Um, But that helps so much with energy production too and keeping muscles in a healthy state and being able to continue to rebuild. So that is two things that I will identify um, and work with. And women tend to not be as scared to add protein in as they are with carbs. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see the mental piece to that. I mean, like we're like you said, we've labeled carbs in such a way that can be hard to to get. But will you maybe we go a little bit down that nerdy rabbit hole because I'm going to be the scientist with you. But like the mineral thing is new to me. I will be honest. It's like is that a common reaction where people are like I don't get what that means? What is that? Will you dive into the minerals a little bit? Oh yes, that yes, that is definitely I would say new for a lot of people. Um, and it. <laughs> It honestly makes me feel like uh, a little like woo-woo, if you will, Mm -hmm. because when I say things like, we don't really have minerals in our foods, like people are like, wait, what? (laughs) But if you go down that rabbit hole, like our farming has changed, our soil has changed. I mean, even in my backyard, not that my backyard will, you know, represent the entire United States, Mm -hmm. but our soil is legit clay. Like Mm -hmm. you can't plant anything in that. And a lot of people are experiencing that. 
Um, and minerals are needed for thousands, thousands of processes in the body. We also deplete or go through minerals faster when we're super stressed. Hmm. Who's not stressed? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and even good stress, like some, like not all stress is bad. Like even exercise itself is stress and it's a wonderful thing for us to do, but we still need minerals to be able to do that well and to recover well. And minerals can be that huge missing factor. I mean, even simple things like magnesium is one of the big ones that is just not readily available in our food as much. Um, and that I will recommend off the bat. Um, and that one, I think it is like 3000 different processes that are needed. Uh, magnesium is needed in the body to function well. Wow. So if somebody wanted, like me now, wants to go look at this and figure out, okay, clearly I'm probably missing something. Um, where do you start to look for, is it something like I should talk to the nutritionist first to understand exactly what I need? Are there like brands or vitamins or minerals that you recommend looking at to start with? Yeah. So the brand that I love is called Ravy. Uh, a colleague of mine um, launched it, I believe, earlier this year. And she's even more intelligent um, than I am about minerals. And she, um, R-A- yes, R-A-Y-V-I. Yes, that's how you pronounce it. It's, uh, I always forget the name because it's um, really unique. Mm-hmm. And it's inspired by her grandpa. And you can go look at her whole story on her website. But anyway, she has three different packets. And there's one serving a day. You put that in water. They're just a light flavor and really good to sip on throughout the day. That's where I would start because no matter where you're at, if you're not drinking minerals or you're not um, having any sort of supplements, it's really hard to overdose on just one serving of minerals a day. So that's a really safe place to start. Um, And you would know immediately if you had too many minerals, you would have some stomach pains. But like I mentioned before, majority of the people do not get enough and then we're all stressed. So we're even more depleted. So Mm -hmm. that's something that you can easily add in without any fear at all of, of overdoing it. I appreciate that. And I think there's some things, obviously it's best to go talk to a professional before you're really diving into. And I encourage people to do that as well. Uh, but I, okay. So being slightly selfish, I was digging through your like Instagram and looking at posts and you have one (laughs) that says unpopular opinion, coffee doesn't give you energy. And I'm sitting here with my coffee right now because this is one of, so anyway, I have to ask and I have to dive Tell me about the coffee. What is, yeah. Oh, yeah, I instant, instantly become people's not so much best friend when I say that. Um, but obviously that is to get people's attention. But there is some truth to that comment. Um, and, you know, one cup, one cup a day, two cups a day, that's, you know, that's not going to hurt anybody. And there's some mm-hmm. benefits to coffee. But more so I posted that to get people's attention and help them be more aware that if you have to rely on coffee for energy, if you can't function yourself without it, that's typically a sign that you are on the verge of burnout or you're already in burnout having some adrenal and thyroid issues. Mm. Because we should be able to, when we wake up in the morning, see the sun, kind of get in our routine, be able to elevate our energy on its own without any stimulant. Um, And again, like I am not perfect. I know we're not recording the video, but like I have caffeine. I definitely drink caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one of the first signs I know that I need to take a step back or I need to reevaluate some other areas of my health and wellness is if I have to rely on caffeine for energy. And that's because, again, to get nerdy, is that it messes with our cortisol response. And that is where you would want to seek a professional if you wanted to know exactly where your cortisol levels are at, if you are experiencing some adrenal and thyroid issues. Um, And that, again, is more on the functional nutrition side because 
a lot of doctors kind of roll their eyes when you say adrenal fatigue because that's not a true diagnosis, but adrenal dysfunction is real. Thyroid issues um, are definitely underdiagnosed, in my opinion. Um, and anyway, and so that um, realization that you have to rely on caffeine to function is one of the first signs that maybe you need to dig a little bit deeper. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually, that it's more about the awareness. And I like that because obviously I come from that psych side, and a lot of it is about the awareness and just understanding you know, maybe coffee's not bad, but if you notice, I was like, you can tell if you didn't have it for a day. Like I was actually just talking with a coach last week and she said that we had like a one o'clock meeting. She's like, I just realized I never had my coffee today. No wonder I'm so tired. And it's that mm. kind of like aha moment of like, oh, but mm. if I'm feeling really lethargic and I notice like you're start tying it to caffeine, it's like I haven't had it and therefore I can't. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's a, it is a stimulant. So it's going to trigger the cortisol response. And to keep it um, pretty basic, when we continue to rely on caffeine, it's kind of like our adrenals don't know that they need to produce cortisol and energy on its own. It needs caffeine to be able to do that, to put it very basic. And there's um, other things that can go into that. But we want to make sure that we're eating enough, we're sleeping enough, we're taking enough downtime, um, doing things like connection and community to help um, build our health and wellness. That's a huge component too, that will help support the adrenals and thyroid so they can produce cortisol and energy on their own. And we're not depleting ourselves in other areas that we have to have caffeine mm -hmm. coffee to be able for that process to occur. Right. And I do, I think that's what happens when you said it's a sign of burnout. If you feel like this reliance on it, and that is what tends to happen. It's like, I can't get through this game or I can't get through convention weekend if I don't have this giant coffee with me. And I mean, conventions are ridiculously long, so maybe that's, <laughs> that's its own thing, but it is, yeah, more of that like warning system. Uh, will you talk a little bit about two specifically for the dancers? Cause as a coach, I saw it a lot mm -hmm. where like before a competition, my dancers would be like, I have to go get my big Starbucks. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, please don't. Um, but I think maybe especially in like the younger dancers or like I said, in college and younger bodies, you can kind of dance and get through no matter what you're fueling yourself with, but ultimately it's going to cause problems. Um, so like if you had a younger dancer, like high school, college age, who was talking about like they needed the caffeine to get through a long day, your thoughts, reactions to that. Right. With that, if I was able to talk simply about eating to fuel, because as you are very aware with dancers, there is that more sensitive component that if there is a other disordered eating or something going on, if there's an element of that, obviously I would take a different approach. But if we're talking just simply this dancer is relying on caffeine, they're too young, they don't need to be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they're not eating well enough. I would dive into how are you feeling yourself to get ready for these competitions. And one thing that I'll do to try to help connect the dots and get young dancers to care is that we'll actually talk about their overall goals first. Mm -hmm. I'll ask, okay, do you want to be a professional dancer? Do you want to um, join this team or do you want to just do this team again? Or maybe, you know, they just love to dance because it's fun. They love to be around their friends. It's like, well, do you want to be a good teammate? That type of thing more so not to put pressure on them, but for them to identify their goal as a dancer and then helping them connect like I did later in life, connect that for them to be able to reach those goals and to do those things, they have to take care of the body that they're in. That is part of what dance is, is using your body. 
And once I can help them make that connection, then that opens up the door for a better conversation of why it matters, what they're eating, planning, meal planning, all of that in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause usually like if I come in and I'm like, I'm thinking of like the group presentations, for example, that I've done with dance groups. If I've come in and just kind of start talking about meal planning and building, they're like, their eyes glaze over and they're like, I might have one dancer that's interested. Right. Right. And so I was like, okay, I need to go back and think about like what motivated me in the first place. And that has created far more connection, um, especially in a society where we want instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Right. So eating healthy for one day and not having caffeine, you don't really see much progress. Sure. So I have to help find the motivation that the long game is worth it. I think what also is hard is not only do we want instant gratification, but when we don't have instant punishment, Mm -hmm. we don't believe that it's actually going to have a negative effect, right? Like I think about that too. Like in my early twenties, when I would eat whatever I wanted and I didn't get acne yet, um, (laughs) wasn't feeling sluggish, wasn't having bad sleep. Like I was like, well, I'm young. It's fine. Like people tell me that all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it, it caught up with me in my late 20s and 30s, and then I was kicking myself. Sure. No, you're right. It's not just instant gratification. It's the lack of instant punishment, that sense of like, oh, this doesn't have a bad effect right now, or I was, you know, I still made the team, or I'm still able to do the full performances and competitions, and instead of being able to actually understand what's happening and care about our younger selves. I think a lot of us could look back and be like, oh, if I had only cared for my younger self in a better way, what a difference it would make. Uh, I wanted to actually circle back a little bit to hydration when you were talking about that, like being like truly hydrated. And I think that's another, I don't know, like maybe buzzword, but just a sense of people are like, just how much water you have to drink. And there's all the, you know, calculations for like how much you should have. Um, But will you talk a little bit about like how to truly hydrate yourself before classes and competitions. Um, besides, I think when people will just say like, just drink enough water. And I think it's more than that. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and the lovely answer that I love to give it's minerals. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely minerals. Um, and the best way that I can convince people of that is one trying it, but two, when you are drinking a lot of water, because a lot of people do that, it's again, a low hanging fruit. If you're still feeling thirsty, if you're constantly going to the bathroom or feeling that like uh, waterlogged feeling where it's just like water's just slushing around in your stomach, mm-hmm. you're not actually getting the water into the cells and actually hydrating yourself. Mm-hmm. You're just essentially drinking a lot of water and it's going all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that's that was one of the like aha moments for me, another aha moment. Uh, the legitimate, this sounds silly, but legitimate feeling I get when I drink minerals, there is a different what's the word quench like when uh, when you quench your thirst yeah it's different it's so different than just drinking regular water and of course you're still gonna go to the bathroom a little bit more um but like you know i see a lot of people walking around with their big water jugs mm-hmm. like gallons of water which is fine but they'll usually say they're like i cannot stop going to the bathroom i'm literally going every hour because i'm trying to drink more water i'm like yeah. well you're it's because you're not actually getting the water in the cells um, so I, hopefully that answered your no, question. No, that does. And I am, you're totally calling me out. Cause that is what happens that I, uh, I've been a lot better about my water. It's been something that's actually ha- wasn't a big challenge for me. I do drink a lot. Um, but I, in my professor life, like I teach class that's about an hour to an hour and 15 and I have to use the restroom in between. If I don't, I might, I'm going to be in trouble by the end of the second class. 
And yeah. I'm like, that seems ridiculous that I'm like, I can't go two hours or I can't, it's even like an hour and a half sometimes. <laughs> like that's yeah. too much. Okay. Minerals is my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's uh, many people's and it, you typically will feel a difference in a week or so if you're, if you're somebody that struggles with energy or just brain fog concentration. Um, I don't mean to act like it's, you know, this like magic pill or anything like mm -hmm. that, but it is really actually something that typically makes a pretty quick difference. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm intrigued now. I want to go try. Uh, and so maybe we've gone there with the hydration, but I was going to ask you if you feel like there's a big like misconception that dancers have about fueling their bodies or how to get more energy. Is it, like you said, usually it's just that mineral response or is there something else you wanted to touch on that dancers usually don't quite understand or are confused? Yeah. The other one that I love to talk about is carbs, um, which there's a lot of fear around it. And anytime I post about this, I usually get people coming back that it's like, well, not junk food. I'm like, well, yes. I, and I can specify that we want the healthier nutrient dense carbs, but people are in dancers specifically, typically stray away from, you know, sweet potatoes, um, any starchy vegetables, even like rice and quinoa things, quinoa that's very nutrient dense. And what the missing link is for me and for people that I work with is that the nutrients in a lot of those carbs are what we need to, again, not only get water into the cell, but to get energy into the cell. So a lot of those starchier foods like sweet potatoes, squashes, they have a nutrient called potassium. They're really high in potassium and fruit. Can't mm -hmm. forget about fruit. Fruit, very high in potassium. And we need potassium to get glucose, which is what our food breaks down to. Mm -hmm. We need potassium to get glucose into the cells to where it can actually function and create energy. Mm -hmm. So it's very ironic to me nowadays, it's just kind of wild that we tell those that need as much energy as possible to be able to function well, that you need to avoid carbs, which is the source, uh, the food source that is absolutely needed to be able to have energy yeah. and to be able to perform well. So like, I like to go down that nerdy path again to help rewire people's brain because it's not just me saying you need to have more carbs for energy mm -hmm. it's like this food is literally designed for you to be able to perform at your best if it's the nutrient dense kind and we need to start to recreate um a different mindset with it because you definitely need it and it's not something to fear yeah oh i love hearing that and i as you know i'm that mindset is what i'm all about and i think it leads into a lot of people's careers wherever wherever that path takes you but yeah it's hard sometimes making a shift whether that's about how your water, your food, or your, how you warm up and how you, you know, how you're auditioning. It's all like that mindset stuff is such an important piece of like, if you don't change the mindset, like you said, it becomes the bandaid approach. It becomes like, we're just going to do this thing to fix it, but you're not actually getting at why this was a problem in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Uh, will you share any kind of like last thoughts, advice for um, dancers who either want to maybe go the pro route or able or like dancing for a big college or dancing for pros or going for nutrition, like just advice for those of us listening. I would say since we're on the topic of nutrition, definitely take care of yourself in a way that makes you feel good. Um, yes, we have certain expectations and things that we have to abide by in the professional world. I won't deny that that still exists, mm -hmm. um, but you have to be able to find that balance of being in good health um, without, if I will say, without starving yourself, honestly. Yeah. Because um, that is ultimately what ended my dance career earlier than I wanted to. 
And sometimes, to be honest, some people don't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been taught for so many years, this is what a portion is, or this is what's healthy. And they, that's what they knew. They didn't know any better. Sure. And they get to this point where they're like, wait, why can't I dance like I used to? Mm-hmm. And they chalk it up to being old. And I, and I just don't buy that anymore. I think we can definitely dance into our thirties and forties um, if we take care of ourselves. So more specifically, if you don't know where to start, start anywhere. I would recommend finding a functional dietitian, to be honest. I think that would have really made a huge difference in my college careers. Um, And then trial and error. You know, it's okay to not figure it out right away. It's going to take some time to know what your body needs. And that is going to change as you get a little bit older or as you go through different seasons. Like I'm thinking even when I was in college, I'm sure I would have needed different things than when I was pro um, for the season of life that I was in. Mm -hmm giving yourself some time to figure out what your body needs for sure. Um, but still making that a priority no matter what. Yeah. I love that advice. Things do take time to figure out. And I think that's part of it back to that, like instant gratification where I'll have people say like, I tried journaling. It didn't work. I'm like, well, did you do it for a day? Did you do it for two? Like it doesn't, it's not going to change everything right away. Um, and I'm sure same with your body and when you have to experiment with what feels right for you. Um, so before you leave, will you share how people can find you and like maybe the kind of work and stuff that you can provide for our dance coaches and teachers who are listening? Absolutely. So as I mentioned before, I'm multi-passionate. So I have my regular Instagram, my Kelsey Scott with one T Instagram. And then I have my nutrition Instagram, which is nutrition with Kels. Um, and I haven't, to be honest, I haven't been posting as much on that this summer just because I've been, um, super busy with clients, with mm-hmm. my pure bar studio and with choreography season amongst us, but I have full plans to really relaunch that in the fall and give a lot of great value on that Instagram as well. So if you want specific, just nutrition, functional nutrition, go to nutrition with Kels. If you want a little bit more of my personality and my cats and my dance world, (laughs) (laughs) you can go to my more Kelsey Scott. That's like everyday life. Um, So like I said, I'm one of those multi-passionate, complicated people where I have more than one Instagram because that's just the way it goes. That's okay. (laughs) And I link them both. Uh, Any other last thoughts? No, I just thank you for having me. Like I said, I love talking about this. Um, If anybody's listening and have questions, feel free to DM me. I truly love just helping as much as I can and giving value to those and helping direct them in a way that um, will be the most beneficial and help them reach their goals, especially as a dancer. But even if you're not a dancer, dance coach, anything of that, um, I love, I love to be able to reach people in that way. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insight today. I really, I learned a lot. I need to go look at minerals and I'm not going to feel guilty about my one cup of coffee because I still (laughs) am okay without it. Um, But I so appreciate your wisdom today. Thank you for being with us. Of course.